are listening to Gangland Wire, hosted by former Kansas City Police Intelligence Unit Detective Gary Jenkins. Well, welcome all you wiretappers back here in the studio of Gangland Wire. I'm here with uh, Dave Schratweiser from Philadelphia. We've had Dave on before a few years ago. We haven't talked to him for a while. And we had some interaction recently, and, and I said, hey, why don't you come back on the podcast? And he most graciously uh, said, yeah, he'd like to. So welcome, Dave. Good to have you back. Gary, thanks for having me on. I had a blast the last time. I'm looking forward to this. And uh, again, thanks for the invite. All right. So you, uh, you and George Anastasia, uh, who, uh, I, you know, he, I have to thank him for something. Uh, oh, I remember how we got in contact with each other is I got a, a, an email from George Anastasia that did not look right. And I, I didn't want to reply to that. So I had Dave's phone number and I texted Dave and, and he said, yeah, he's been hacked. So, uh, yeah. and, yeah, and yeah, that's kind of greatly appreciated that. <laughs> I think he was already aware of it, but yeah. trying to, he's still trying to track it down, I think. I have to admit that he was one of my inspirations. I did a book uh, about the uh, skimming from Las Vegas and the Kansas City mob, and I had uh, all yeah. the wiretaps and the hidden microphone audio and the transcripts from that. It's called Leaving Vegas, How FBI Wiretaps yeah. Ended Mob Domination in Las Vegas Casinos. And I was looking around at other mob books to get some idea because this was going to be my first one. And uh, George had written a book in which he made extensive use of wiretaps uh, by exactly. Keith. And, yeah. and so I said, well, let's see. I bought one of those books. I said, let's see how there he did go. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he appreciates that, too. <laughs> book sales are a good thing. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Anyhow, so there's been a lot of recent activity in uh, Philadelphia, and uh, we'll talk a little bit. Before we get done, uh, folks, uh, George Anastasia and Dave Stratweiser have a lot going online about the mob, and particularly about the Philadelphia mob, and about gang activity, motorcycle gangs, and everything back in Philadelphia. And, and uh, we'll circle back to that, uh, Dave. Don't let me... MobTalkSitDown.com, Gary. I don't mean to plug, but MobTalkSitDown.com. That, that, that's what I want to do. We'll get back around maybe to, yeah. to all what you've got. You've got your own sure. podcast, and uh, was it Philly Prime? And, Philly uh, Prime, yep. So, uh, but that uh, that address that you just mentioned, Dave, I think that's the main one for people to go to to find you all, right? Yeah, you can get all our all our material on there. Philly Prime is up on Google. It's on Apple. It's on Simple. Yeah. So you can get that on all those uh, outlets, but uh, we had a lot of fun on that show too. So. Yeah, yeah, I've watched your stuff, especially when you, uh, back when it was on YouTube a lot. Why I watched about all those you guys walked around underneath the bridges and, and talking yep. about the mob activities. I was just telling folks, I was just telling Dave, I said, you know, you got a lot of, of meat to work with back there in Philly and recent activity. We don't have that in Kansas City. They, they did yep. the, the FBI and the KCPD intelligence unit did too good of a job back in the seventies and eighties. There's yep. just not yeah. much well, they're left. Doing pretty, they're doing a pretty good job here in Philadelphia. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we're expecting another shoe to drop soon, but we'll see what happens. Uh-oh. All right, Dave. So tell us about that recent activity that you had. And, and most interesting was you mentioned, and, and I looked it up, is uh, they recorded another mob induction ceremony. So that's really cool. So tell, tell the folks a little bit about what's been going on out there. Sure. I'll give you the quick bullet uh, for now. We're awaiting a uh, pretrial kind of sentencing um, I guess you want to call it hearing with the judge in this case to decide uh, it's a racketeering conspiracy case from the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office here in uh, in Philadelphia. 
and we're awaiting a trial date. Uh, the, the indictments came out late November of 2020. Um, they locked up uh, Stephen Mazzone, who was the at one point the acting street boss here in Philadelphia. He's a capo, quasi-slash-underboss now. His brother, Sonny Mazzone, was also indicted, Salvatore Sonny Mazzone. And a guy who is a real up-and-comer here in Philadelphia, mob captain Dominic Randy, who uh, is all over the place, was kind of looked at like... Um, a little bit like Salvi Testa back in the Scarfo days, um, who was a young up and coming. I think they called him the Prince here in town. But uh, Dominic uh, was making a lot of headway here, a real up and comer, as they like to call him. He got indicted as well, along with, I think, uh, 12 others, 15, I think, total. Um, racketeering conspiracy, conspiracy, there's some drug charges in there, gambling, loan sharking, um, the usual stuff. Uh, they locked up Mazzone, his brother, and Dominic Randy without bail at the beginning. Um, they worked their way through that, uh, posted some properties, and all three of them ended up on uh, house arrest. Um, their restrictions have been lightened as of late. They can go to work now, uh, but they have to be back in the house at a certain time. But uh, they have some very good lawyers. And they made some good arguments with the judge, especially with the COVID situation. They don't like to keep a lot of guys in jail uh, on certain cases. If they can move them to house arrest, put them on an ankle bracelet monitoring situation where you got to check in with the parole people all the time. So anyway, those three ended up um, on house arrest for a period of time. And I think back around June or so, they lightened up a little bit. Let them go out to go to work, go to your lawyer's office, that kind of thing. Um, they have a protective order on all of the material in the case, including the induction ceremony. Uh, but our good friend, and I, I know you know him, Gary, uh, Jerry Capisi from New York, Gangland News yeah. up in New York. Yeah. Uh, he broke a big story a few months back. Uh, he got his hands on, uh, I'm not sure if it's the tape or the transcript, I don't even know, uh, of the induction ceremony. And it was quite compelling. And it is clearly the centerpiece of this indictment. No doubt about it. And centerpiece, I'll say this. Uh, pretty much everybody who's anybody in the Philly mob, at least high ranking wise, made guys was on that tape. A few guys weren't, including Joey Merlino. He was not where was he? at that ceremony and he's not on tape. Really? Well, I wonder where he was that day. He was in Florida. He was still huh. working off his last year of supervised oh, release okay. from his uh, 2019, 2018 gambling conviction in New York in uh, uh, that East Coast case. That was working out of uh, out of right. New York City. He got two years. He did a year in jail. They sent him home for a year. Then he was on house uh, house arrest, kind of supervised release, I guess you want to call it, for a year. He was still working off that. He was, I think, he was actually in prison when this was okay. recorded. So he couldn't have been there if he wasn't. He was in Florida, not allowed to be associated with those guys. So he was not at the ceremony. A couple other guys weren't, but significantly, according to Jerry's story. Uh, Mike Lancelotti, who is the acting street boss here in Philadelphia, one of Merlino's uh, closest buddies and closest allies, uh, uh, according to Capisi and according to the document he has, was the uh, person conducting the induct induction ceremony. Uh, Joe Legambi, who is the was the boss here from 2000, 2001 to 2018, 2019, had a interesting 20 year run here in Philadelphia, was allegedly also there. Uh, a bunch of other guys, top-ranking guys, John Changlini, George Borghese. I mentioned Stephen Mazzone. He was also at the ceremony. 
but it was conducted according to Jerry's story and from the transcript he has by uh, Mike Lancelotti. Uh, interestingly, Joe Legambi, the boss, kind of when he introduced the guys after the induction ceremony to everybody in the room, he kind of gave a little synopsis of who the individual was. Um, but this this tape is, as I said, the centerpiece, and it's going to be uh, quite an interesting, uh, you know, few moments in the courtroom when oh they play that. Uh, if, they, if they play. I think a lot of guys are going to plead in this case. The lower-level guys are going to plead. I think right now the upper-level guys, I would say maybe the top four or five, that might actually go to trial. But that's going to get played if they do. Uh, you're going to hear their voices. And for a few of these guys, it's not good, uh, especially Stephen Mazzone. Interestingly, Mike Lancelotti is not under indictment. Mm-hmm. In this case, neither is John Changlini, George Borghese, or Joe LeCampi. But Steve Mazzone is on tape. So is Dominic Grandy. And they're at that induction ceremony. So that's not good for them, obviously, when you have a tape like that. It's tough to, you know, the tapes don't lie, as George Anastasia likes to say. It's tough to cross-examine a tape. So when when this goes to trial, um, if it goes to trial, and I believe it will for at least a few of these guys, um, it's going to be an interesting day in court, and it'd be interesting to see how the defendants react sitting at the table when that does happen, and how the jury takes it. Uh, because, like I said, it's a tape, and it's uh, kind of well documented. And as Jerry pointed out in his story, um, I don't like it when a New York guy scoops a Philly guy, but Jerry's a <laughs> yeah. good buddy of ours, so just like you, Gar. So you know, if you scoop us in our own backyard, we give you we give you your props. And then we go from there. But I, I got to give Jerry uh, credit there. Uh, there was a lot of heat about that. Um, that was before there was a protective order. And once that happened and that got out that story, the feds went back into court and the judge gave them a protective order. So all of the discovery in this case has kind of been under lock and key only for the defendants and their lawyers. They're not allowed to copy it. They're not allowed to show it to anybody else. They're not allowed to give the contents of it to anybody else. So, uh, but it's an interesting case. Um, as I said, gambling, loan sharking is in there. There's some drug stuff in there involving uh, Dominic Grandy. Uh, and there's some interesting tapes on that that uh, are going to be problematic for him. But for, the good news for him, Gary, is he's represented by uh, Brian McMonigle, who is one of the top right. lawyers in the country, defense attorneys, represented Bill Cosby, uh, Meek Mill, a few other guys like that. He's a very, very, very good defense attorney who was a former assistant DA here in Philadelphia. So he's one of the lawyers in the case, the lawyer for Steve Mazzone, the, uh, who was the acting underboss at the time is John Maringolo and Lou Busico. Lou is a big Bucks County, Philadelphia defense attorney has handled some mob cases before, uh, has been Steve's attorney before in cases. John Maringolo, some of you may remember, um, handled some big cases involving the Lucchese crime family in New York. He was also Joey Merlino's lawyer in that New York case a few years back, which ended in a hung jury and a mistrial. And then Joey pled to a two-year sentence for gambling. But John is a very, very good lawyer out of New York. Uh, I think he's also a professor at Pace University, teaches law there. Um, but he's sharp, really good. He's represented some cops in New York and gotten them off cases, corruption cases. He's represented a lot of big mob figures in New York, Gambino crime family, Lucchese crime family, I think some Genovese crime uh, family folks. So there's going to be some good defense attorneys sitting at the other table across from the assistant U.S. attorney. So that's kind of a synopsis of what 
uh, happened in last November. It's working its way through right now. Next week, we hope to hear at it. We hope this this hearing that's been put off three times because of COVID and other rules and, and things with the judge uh, in terms of scheduling, because they don't like to have a lot of different juries or hearings going on in the federal courthouse at one time. Uh, so they've been keeping that kind of limited. But hopefully if that goes next week, we might actually get a trial date, which I don't expect to be until 2022. Uh, you know, just out of speculation, and what, what do you think about this? Would uh, would maybe any greater powers come into play here and uh, maybe even in a national mob that to try to keep that tape out of court? Because the way I've researched this, anytime you get audio, under Title Three, in order for it to ever be released legally, it has to have been played in court or in some public venue, you know, under legal. Yeah. And otherwise, you can't get it. They destroy it. Actually, they'll destroy the audio unless somebody cabbages yeah. it onto a copy and, and keeps it hidden in their desk. They'll destroy all that. Uh, and, and if you remember, yeah. like Paul Castellano was trying to get those tapes with uh, Angelo Rosario, to, and he's right. going to find out that, that they had been dealing drugs and they fought like hell to mm-hmm. keep those tapes out of his hands. Will the mob yeah. as a greater organization maybe fight like hell to keep this tape from being played in public? Because once it's played in court, it's going to hit every uh, media outlet in the United States. Yeah. Now, I haven't heard it. And I haven't heard it, I should say. And I haven't seen a full transcript of it. So I can't say that there's any other implications for any other mafia or mob yeah. families across the area. Um, I will make it very clear though. Joey Merlino is not on that tape. He's uh, alleged to be still the boss of the mob, even though he lives in Boca Raton in Florida. Uh, he was just up here this summer for a 10 day. We can talk about that for a little bit in a, in a bit, but Joey is not on tape. In fact, two of the guys who got inducted at this ceremony. And just so you know how it was tape recorded, there was a, a mob oh. informant. A uh, meat guy wearing a wire at the ceremony. That's that's um, different. That that may not be under Title yeah. Three. Then it's not a hidden microphone. Well, there was one could, party that knew yeah. it was being taped, yeah. so that's different than the Title Three. Okay. No, he was wearing okay. a wire at the ceremony, um, and uh, he wore a wire for a, a lot. This case has hundreds of hours wow. of audio and videotape, hundreds, and they're all recorded by this one individual who was a meat guy. Uh, already out of the Newark, North Jersey area uh, in the family, but they kind of brought him down here and brought him in the fold. And then I, I don't want to call it a reinduction ceremony, but the powers that be here wanted to have an induction ceremony. He was there and he was recording it. Um, and he's with another guy. And at the end, the other guy says to him, Hey, how come that guy from down South isn't here? Meaning yeah. Merlino. And, and one of the guys says, because he's smart. <laughs> well, at the, end, at the end of the day, just having been caught on tape, he looks damn smart damn, here. Let me tell damn you, because he wasn't here. He wasn't here for the ceremony. Um, this was in October 2015, by the way. Uh, so the feds have had this guy recording people for quite a long period of time, years. They have a lot of tapes, video, audio, uh, that kind of stuff. But this tape, it's just not good for anybody who was there and who is actually on right. tape. Because at some point, as you well know, if the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office can build a case with a couple of predicate acts, yeah. charge some crimes, that tape puts you into a racketeering right. conspiracy, makes you part of an organization, uh, in their minds, a corrupt criminal organization. 
the mob guys like to say is uh, uh, to us all the time that it's not a crime to join an organization. <laughs> it's only if you commit a crime in furtherance yeah. of that organization that you get in trouble. They would argue that they do not do that or they haven't done that in this case. But I will tell you right now, that induction ceremony could come back to haunt a lot of people. And as I said, a lot of guys, top guys, are not under indictment in this case. There is another ongoing investigation here in Philadelphia, which George and I have talked about on our show all the time, Mob Talk Sit Down. Um, and we've talked about it quite a bit of time. There is definitely another ongoing investigation here. Do we see a superseding indictment that brings the rest of the guys in? I don't know the answer to that. Do we see a separate indictment? I don't know the answer to that. Um, there's another investigation going on uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, Anthony Nicodemo, who was a mob soldier here in Philadelphia, uh, who was involved in a mob hit and pled guilty uh, back in 2012. He's been in jail for eight or nine years already. He's doing 25 years to 30, 25 to 30 in that range in state prison. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a raid on his father's house in South Philadelphia uh, a few months back in the spring, a uh, gambling kind of loan sharking um, investigation. State police, FBI raided his house, took phones, computers, allegedly took some very copious notes on some loan sharking operations and things like that. There's been some uh, reports that this might have been uh, a father-son thing. Nobody's been charged at this point. There are absolutely no criminal charges against Anthony Nicodemo, who is in prison, or his father, in this case, or anybody else who might have been involved mm-hmm. in that. So, again, that's an open investigation. No charges have been filed against anybody in the case. That could also come into play here. So we're kind of waiting for another shoe to drop here, possibly. It has not dropped. We thought it might over the summer, June or July. It did not. We're now in September, clearly. And we're going to get a hearing, hopefully, next week. Uh, and at that hearing, we'll see if anything new comes out, if they get a trial date and you know, if there's any other arguments about discovery and things like that that we haven't heard or seen at this point, and possibly about that induction ceremony. But right now, we don't know kind of what's on the table until they actually have the hearing. Yeah, those lawyers, uh, they'll be instructed to fight like hell to keep that induction ceremony from coming in. And, and you know, yeah. it, it, it may be more prejudicial than uh, probative, as we say, in the legal business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it yeah. may be more prejudicial than actually have any evidence that they committed any particular crimes that are alleged. And that's, uh, that's where they have to have a RICO statute involved here to prove that this was an organization otherwise i'm not sure if uh, if it's going to be relevant yeah. and they may be able to keep it out that will be number one on the defense list i'm sure is to keep that yeah. ceremony out of in front of the jury and like i said i think the lower level guys that are in this the associates guys who were involved they'll probably end up at some point taking yeah. a plea uh do i see all of those guys going to trial at this point i i, I would say probably not um the lawyers really aren't commenting on that right now. And like I said, a lot of this stuff is under a protective order, meaning they can't divulge yeah. information about discovery and things like that. So it's difficult to, you know, even have a conversation other than when's the hearing, Man. what's going to go on at the hearing. If they file a motion, we can get our hands on the motion and report on that. We've done that a few yeah. times uh, in this case already. But uh, this is potentially a very explosive case here. Uh, if it gets expanded, it would be even more explosive. Uh, if there's a secondary indictment here, we'll see where that goes. Um, if you talk to the guys, 
and the guys who aren't in, under indictment, they'll be more than happy to tell you they're not doing anything criminal. And in fact, they're going out of their way <laughs> not to do anything criminal. Uh, Joey Merlino, uh, Gar, if you want to talk about that, was just yeah, up here yeah. at Jersey let's, Shore. Let's talk about Skinny Joe. He's he's kind of a, sure. a, he's kind of the mob star from uh, back east anymore. Yeah. He, you know, ever since John Gotti died, why Skinny Joe Merlino seems yep. to be the mob star back east? But go ahead. Yeah, when you was he. <laughs> When he was on trial in New York, he was on the front page of New York <laughs> I papers. Know. Uh, He's got it all. He's got those movie times. star looks. Uh, you know, he, oh, yeah. he, he dresses well. He's smooth, and uh, and he, you know, he talks to newspaper people a little bit or reporters. And, oh yeah, and uh, he, mm-hmm. including yeah, me, including you. He's got it all. So let's talk about Skinny Joe. What he's up to? Well, you know, he's the big. Uh, he's the big um, multimedia star. Instagram, <laughs> yeah, Instagram, uh, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook. He's all over the place and. Everybody who has a mob website like we do <laughs> likes to put him up there because he draws instant yes. attention. There's no yes. doubt about it. Uh, I, I've known the guy since 1994 uh, when he came home from prison on a, a, a parole violation after he'd served some time in a armored car robbery. Um, and he's quite the colorful fellow, uh, not afraid to talk to the media. I mean, the answers are short, you know, five, six yeah. word answers, that kind of thing, not a voluminous kind of conversation or anything like that but joey has been out of prison um on and off for the last mm, almost 10 years and uh i've been down in florida in boca raton i actually went down when i was with fox in philadelphia went down and uh followed him around for a couple of days tried to get an interview with him uh he actually was getting on a plane to go to las vegas or los angeles los angeles when we were there so we didn't get to have a uh, any kind of a sit down kind of conversation with the guy but um, he's back in Florida. Uh, he's doing everything legit. Uh, kept his nose real clean during his supervised release. He's now uninhibited. He can meet with whoever he wants to meet with. He can associate with whoever he wants to associate with. When you're on supervised release, you can't right. do that. But now that he's off, he got off July 27th. Uh, came up here to the Jersey Shore to Margate, Ventnor, uh, Longport area, right along the Jersey Shore here in uh, South Jersey. And um, kept it pretty low key. Uh, went to some nice restaurants at night with the guys. Uh, I'm told it was a, a no camera event at those outings. Nobody was allowed to break out a cell phone camera and take pictures. <laughs> Even wanted a picture plastered no all over. And the reason for that, probably, Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the reason for that is probably in 2016 when he came up here. Uh, my partner and I from Fox. Uh, we took a little trip to the Jersey Shore, and Joey was driving up and down Atlantic Avenue in Margate and Longport in a white convertible Rolls Royce, which is yeah. – you've probably yeah. seen that video. Anybody who follows Merlino has seen yeah. that video multiple times. <laughs> we had a field day with that. We kind of had him on tape for about a half an hour. I mean, we were right behind him. We got shots actually in the rearview mirror of him kind of hanging his hand out the window with his shades on with the, with the top yeah, down. Cool. Um so, and that tape has been all over the place for, for years now, since 2016, the last five years. But uh, Joey has been relatively quiet. He was up here. I'm not privy to everything he did while he was up here. Uh, there were no big headlines while he was here. I don't believe anybody got him on tape, meaning videotape or pictures of him while he was here. And he went back to Florida. So uh, his entrance and his exit kind of quiet. I don't know what went on in between. Uh but as one of the guys said to me after he left, no big deal. Mm. He came, no big deal. And we'll see if that's actually what happened while he was here. But, you know, he did 
and he is able to sit down with the guys who are in his inner circle and anybody who knows anything about Joey Merlino, his circle is his boyhood friends who he grew up on the same corner with. And that would be George Borghese, Steve Mazzone, Marty Angelina. He didn't grow up with John, John Changlini in the same neighborhood, but they were, they've been tight for years. Joey's like 58, 59 right now. John's a little older. Um, but those guys have been a very tight knit circle for years. And it's always been the presumption that in order to crack the top echelon of those guys in the Philly mob, they're going to need an insider to turn state's witness or become a cooperator. Uh, to our knowledge, that has not happened. Uh, the other mob soldier who was wearing a wire at the induction ceremony got a few of these guys on tape here and there. Uh, we have not seen any charges against anybody and no one else has been charged. Uh, but that induction ceremony kind of is the corner piece, cornerstone for what could come. Uh, if they get those guys involved in crimes, they play that tape. It shows that right. there's an organization. It shows that the pro- if they can see the proceeds from any kind of criminal activity going up the chain. Uh, you know, that kind of thing that's going to be, you know, it's called kicking up yeah, here in yeah. Philadelphia. It's probably called the same yeah. around the country. And it's actually a tape with Dominic Grandy talking to the undercover, or I should say the cooperating witness saying, kicking up. That's what I do. I do it every week. You got to make sure everything goes up. The other term that's on a couple of tapes is touching base. I haven't heard that. Always got to touch base with you. Touch your base with your capo, your capo regime. You got to let him know what you're doing. In fact, there's a tape in there where uh, one of the guys is actually chastising one of the other guys. Hey, you got to make sure you touch base with your guy, with your skipper, and make sure he knows what you're up to down here and who you're doing it with and why you're doing it and who you're dealing with in the Philly mob. So those kind of things are on tape. We know that. Um, And and those are going to be some crazy hours in a courtroom when it, when that stuff gets played. Uh, and like you said, we haven't seen it publicly. It hasn't been played anywhere yet other than Jerry Capisi having some excerpts from it and reporting on that. Uh, we have not seen a full transcript and we haven't heard the tape at this point. Yeah. They could even, they could get one of those guys even on another phone call somewhere else to Joy Molino or even talking about kicking up to Joy Molino and, and bring and draw him into a, a Rico uh, without yep. him even touching any of it, being slick and staying clear out of state and, and never touching anything. But they, one of those guys that Brits drawn in on, drawn in on, especially the induction ceremony tape with that language, he could have that same language somewhere else unrelated and they could, they could yeah. bang him into it. Wow. I got I got to say this. Joey has been very careful. Uh, the last five or six years, he has a very good attorney, Ed Jacobs out of Atlantic city. And John Maringolo, who I mentioned earlier, who is representing Steve Mazzone here. In this case, Ed Jacobs is not in this case. I don't know if he would get in the case if Joey got indicted. Uh, so far, we see no indication of that happening. Um, I can't say that it won't happen, uh, but there's no charges against him now. He will be the first one to tell you he's not doing anything criminal. And from folks I know who have interacted with him, he even gets a spidey sense on the back of his neck that somebody's wearing a wire or somebody could yeah. be wearing a wire in, on his conversations, he's out. He's checking out of that conversation quickly. So the, the word on the street is he's being extremely careful uh, about what he's doing. Now, am I talking to the FBI about this? No, I'm not. Are they talking to us? No, they're not. Squad one here in Philadelphia is a very tight-knit yeah. group 
run by Mike Breslin, who was the head of the Bonanno crime family uh, squad up in New York. He's a former assistant U.S. attorney, and he headed the Bonanno crime family uh, squad up in New York. Now he's the head of squad one, they call it down here, the mob squad, but mostly squad one. And he runs a very tight ship. Nobody talks. There's no information coming and going from that group at all. Everything's Everything that we get is from a public document or something that's been filed in court or some type of uh, authorized law enforcement activity, which is a new term kind of they're using around here lately. Instead of no commenting when a raid or a search warrant is executed in public yeah. at somebody's house or business or whatever, um, they, they don't they used to say no comment. We don't comment on uh, potential investigations or ongoing investigations. Now, now they say we can confirm we were at that location conducting court authorized law enforcement activity. Yeah. <laughs> New to it, the 2021, 2021 term. term. That means they had a, that means they had a search warrant. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> they just didn't go up and wave a piece of paper and say, you know, I got a search warrant here. I'm coming in. Let me, I'm coming in and searching. <laughs> yeah. And they have been using those, by the way, they have in the past uh, six months or so, there have been some search warrants. There have been some subpoenas. Yeah. They have gone out and spoken to people. But again, nobody's charged outside the group I talked about in the original indictment in November of last year. Uh, no one else has been charged. No other uh, allegations of criminal activity have come out. And if you talk to the guys, they'll tell you that's because we're not doing anything. Hmm. Interesting. Illegal. <laughs> yeah, they don't do that anymore. Uh, no. But, uh, well, all right. Dave, this has been great. Uh, real good, great update on uh, Philadelphia activities. And, and we're really looking forward to that uh, tape coming out because like we were discussing before, uh, folks, that if yeah. you've ever seen a transcript like Angelo Leonardo, I had it on my uh, one of my blog pieces, guys, uh, uh, you might go back and look. Uh, he told about his mob induction ceremony and the same way uh, – Michael D. Leonardo, when I interviewed him, told about his mob induction ceremony, and and that's why it's interesting that uh, in D. Leonardo, he Gotti was the mob that was the family boss. This was after Castellano was killed, and he had mm -hmm. uh, his underboss, uh, Sammy the Bull, conduct that ceremony because John Gotti Jr. was going to be inducted, and he thought it didn't look good if he inducted his own son. Uh, yeah, but it was the underboss that did it. In this case, it wasn't. Like you said, I can't remember the guy's name that conducted, that ran the ceremony, but that's a really important guy when you give that kind of responsibility to somebody. So Yeah, Michael Lancelotti, he's the, he was alleged to be the acting street boss introduced by Joey at several yeah. uh, parties and things like this as, as the guy who's running the street operations. Yeah, Alleg allegedly, again, he's not charged here. and he, In fact, he's never been charged. Yeah. Yeah. No, really. I, I, so, I would say he is an interesting. Position. He is the underboss in, in that world. He was kind of the next guy under Joey Merlino, even though other people may have, you know, like titles and all that. When he allowed him mm -hmm. to run that ceremony, I would say he was a boss. And all these ceremonies are exactly the same. Uh, for, and it'll be interesting to see when this one comes out. But just like on TV, you know, they do. A, 
talk about, you know, Omerta and, and have burn a card in her hand and maybe prick her finger. Yeah. And then afterwards they sit them down and, or maybe they join arms or hands and, and, and say something in Sicilian and then they explain the rules to them. And I'll bet this is going to be yeah, well, exactly like that. that. Well, that's exactly how Jerry described it. They all stood around in a circle holding hands yeah. at the end. Kind of thing. What they didn't know is one of the guys they were holding hands with. <laughs> Wired Wired. I'm still Which, blown away by you that. You know, uh, Gary, you know as well as I do. That's the most embarrassing moment you can have as a mobster oh. that you invited a guy into right. your, you know, den yeah. and and let him tape a ceremony. Uh, it's only happened a few times, yeah. and uh, it, it's never good when it yeah. happens because that just sits there uh, as a potential, you know, racketeering conspiracy charge. Yeah down the road if they could prove that guys that are not under indictment were kicking money back to guys who were at that ceremony that's a problem yeah, that's- and, and that's what we're watching for here so far there's been no proof that that happened um so it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how this develops down the road if it does come out gary we'll have another episode to come back and talk to you oh, about yeah, yeah. Plenty to oh talk yeah oh yeah maybe play a little bit of the tape on that that'll be cool yeah, and you, you, oh, you yeah. know the and listen, the US... I'm tipping my hat to Jerry Capisi <laughs> really? again because it was it was a nice it was a nice get by him. <laughs> Jerry has hundreds of uh, sources up and down the East Coast, including in Philadelphia and a lot in New York, obviously because that's where he's based. Oh, he, he must. Um, but I'm telling you, I yeah, don't. And listen, he gave, he gave me a courtesy and, and <laughs> called me before he dropped it and said, "Yeah." I got a pretty interesting piece you might want to see tomorrow. <laughs> Didn't get into the details, but check yeah. it out. And he was very, uh, very gracious about it. Uh, not gloating or anything yeah. like that, but uh, just called me to give me a little heads up that something was coming that he, I probably should look oh, at. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, everybody I spent about yeah. 12, 14 years in that world and, and with U.S. attorney and FBI agents. And, and to get that kind of information from somebody, you had uh, he had to have a real deep throat source <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah. on one hand, but who he'll never identify, right? But on the other hand, sometimes they'll leak yeah. a little tidbit like that out because they they want to build a little uh, uh, press uh, to to for the before they spring the brig case out there. They want to kind of get a little interest oh, yeah. out there, or they're or they're, or they're tickling a tickling wire, the wire. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, tickling you know, the wire. Oh God, they're up on some <laughs> recordings and they're recording a few people, and they want them to start talking yeah. about it. So they drop, they drop a few things. So, and for you, uh, we'll see how that goes. you guys out there yeah. that don't understand tickle of the wire, uh, here's a good example of it. There, we had some wires up on in a drug operation, and I and I wasn't even in intelligence. I had a, a SWAT team that we served all the search warrants, and so they said, "Okay, now you guys go to this house, this house, and this house." And you run up and act like you're going to serve a search warrant. You don't really have one, but you run up and act like you're going to serve a search warrant. Then you go to this house, you do the same thing. And and my guys are going, what the hell? I said, you know, they're trying to get them to then call each other on the wire and talk about, hey, the cops are over here. Now the cops are over there. Oh, oh, I get it. That's tickling the wire, trying to stir some kind of conversation. So, yeah, it could be that, too. Yeah, exactly. And I got to tell you, you know, when I I said they – before that they've executed a bunch of search warrants and subpoenas and stuff like that in the last six months. Uh, every time they do, my phone starts to light up <laughs> and, and, it, and it's, it's usually some of the guys or an underling calling to say, what's, what are they doing over there? How come that, guy Is that a search warrant? What are they doing? Are they arrested? Who got arrested? You know, that kind of thing. And that starts in talking. Yeah, yeah. And believe me, if they're up on a wire, they're catching all that conversation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, 
I haven't gotten any letters from the feds telling me that my voice was captured on any <laughs> recordings, but I, I've gotten them in the past, yeah, but yeah. not, uh, and, not not in this go-around, at least. Anyway. And, and folks, that's another thing that Dave just mentioned. If you're ever on a telephone or a hidden microphone and they pick up your voice and you're identified in a Title III investigation, when it's over, then they generate a letter u.s attorney generates a letter and sends it out to you and says your voice was overheard they don't tell you any more i don't even think uh best i remember other than your voice was overheard. Uh, well they usually get 30 to 60 days i think to, to send you that letter and tell yeah. you uh they don't know they don't necessarily tell you what the contents right, of the right. conversation but I, i'm sure if you press them uh if, if it's not anything criminal yeah. i'm sure you could you know find out what exactly it was but uh it's never fun to get one of those letters because you, then your mind starts to go, what, what were they listening for? What were they listening to? Why were they listening to my conversation? Really? That what did I say? Oh, my God. Company. What did I say? It's going to come out in public. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can imagine. All right, Dave. I like to run up to the door thing, though, Gary. That's a nice thing. They wouldn't do that. These days, that would get you in trouble. Hey, oh, I know. Then, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was, this was 1990s. This is the 80s. I don't know, 90s, I guess, during the middle of the cocaine wars. Yeah. You had you, The leases were off on a lot of policemen during the height of the yeah. crack wars. It was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to tell my guys yeah. once. I said, okay, now, guys. Be careful. I said, you got we got a Fed working with us. And I realized that he's a good guy, and, and, and everybody gives you a lot of license. Do whatever you want in these crack houses, but just remember, he's a Fed. <laughs> we don't want to go too far. Okay, boss. <laughs> no, sir. Follow the rules. All right. All right. So, uh, Dave, once once again, uh, plug what you got out there so folks can can find you guys, because I tell you what, there's, uh, there's a lot of mob information out there, and you guys have the most accurate and the best I'd say out of any single city and the most uh, really recent activity. Uh, so, uh, well, appreciate the compliments. Listen, I'm very fortunate to work with a great partner, two great partners. Uh, George Anastasia has written almost a dozen, over a dozen books. Uh, I, I believe 10 or 11 of them are about organized crime and the mob. Uh, and some really good ones. If you haven't read his stuff, even if you go on our website, mobtalksitdown.com and you go to the bio section, George's books are all listed there. Uh, he writes for a bunch of publications. He's a, he teaches at Rowan University. He is a true expert on organized crime. So between my 45 years reporting and George's 40 plus years of reporting and all the yeah. sources he has, and I can't leave out my partner, Brian Zeli, who is our camera guy for Mob Talk Sit Down, the videos that we have on our website. Um, he's been with me for 20 years. Uh, started actually with him uh, coming up this week on 9-11. Um, we were actually at ground zero or approaching ground zero when the second tower came down. Uh, and we worked together for the past 20 years. And he's the guy shooting all the great video of all the mobsters on the cover stuff we do, including that video of Merlino driving in the, in the white Rolls Royce. But, uh, we're a nice, uh, a nice team. We're on mobtalksitdown.com. Also, I do a podcast every week or almost every week called Philly prime. It's on, uh, you can look it up on Apple. You can get it on Google. You can get it on Simplecast. Wildfirepodcast.com is the group that I record them with. Um, and it's also on our website at mobtalksitdown.com. Just go down to Philly Prime. All the episodes are there. I think there's 50-something podcasts on there. So, uh, Gary, I appreciate you having okay. me on. I appreciate letting you get in a little plug there. Um, we are expecting some activity. So I think things will pick up now that the summer's kind of, winding down past labor day here so uh 
I'm expecting a busy uh, fall season. How about I say All that? Right, that's great. All right, Dave. Nice talking to you. Good talking to you, Gary. Thanks for the invite again. Bye. Well, folks, that ends another Gangland Wire episode. I just want to thank you all for listening and for all your nice Apple Podcast reviews and other podcast app reviews and the nice comments you make on my YouTube page and, and on my Facebook and questions you ask on my Facebook pages. Now, as most of you all know, I upload my Zoom interviews on YouTube so you can see what my guests look like in real life. And also put most of those on my Gangland Wire podcast Facebook group. And, and in regards to those Facebook groups, I've got two. One is the Facebook page, Gangland Wire Facebook page, and the other was my podcast group. And, and the group is smaller, and I, I monitor that pretty closely. So uh, get on that. Uh, I want to thank Ken Couture and several others for keeping fresh content on my Facebook page. If you want more mob information you can shake a stick at, just go to the Gangland Wire Podcast Facebook group. And remember, if you support the podcast with donations, you'll get an invite to my monthly live Zoom calls where we'll share stories, answer questions, and sometimes have guest speakers. And in general, we have a good time. A lot of guys will be sitting back in their den with a cigar and and a drink, and and, uh, we just have a really good time on those uh, uh, monthly Zoom calls. The main method of making a donation is on my website donate page. Uh, You can use a credit card or use PayPal. But you can also buy me a cup of coffee or shot in the beer with your Venmo app or make any donation that you want to make. Uh, if you do it on Venmo, make sure you get me an email if you want to be on my Zoom call. So I, I asked for donations to help do my next documentary, and a lot of you guys really responded big time. And, and I've been able to pay people, and it's going to have a little higher production values than what I've had before. I'm getting really close to completing it. Uh, It's about Kansas City organized crime and politics. I have a title, finally. It's Boat Fraud Here Again, Politics and the Mob. And don't forget about my previous documentaries, Gangland Wire, Skimming from Las Vegas, and Brothers Against Brothers, The Savella Spiro War. Both of those can be purchased or rented on Amazon. Now, finally, the last thing I'm selling, and then I'll I'll leave you all alone, is my book, Leaving Vegas, the true story of how FBI wiretaps ended mob domination of Las Vegas casinos. Now, that title is a mouthful. Now, if you're going to get that book, you're going to find that I used a lot of the actual wiretap transcripts from the skimming investigation. And if you get the Kindle version, I I got the audios from those wiretaps. And you just click on a link, and you'll go to that other website and it will allow you to listen to all those wiretaps i think that's kind of unusual so go to amazon and get that book and get it in the kindle version and if you don't have a kindle amazon has free kindle software for your tablet or your phone Uh, now i'm going to let you guys go but first i want to say that gangland wire supports the veterans administration their programs that help veterans out with ptsd you can get help with their hotline 800-873-8255 and then push one. Or you can go to their website, www.ptsd.va.gov. Thanks a lot for listening, and I must credit all of our music to our good friend and Frank Costello expert, Casey McBride from Portland, Oregon. Check out Casey's Frank Costello Facebook page, Uncle Frank's Place. Thanks, Casey. <laughs>